community and welcome back to Business Casual. I am here with Miles Brown. I'm Lisa Wingfield. What's going on, Miles? Oh man, not much. Just enjoying this beautiful day. Thanksgiving is over. Um, Black Friday shopping, Cyber Monday. I'm just glad they out my pockets. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And it is Giving Tuesday, so almost out your pockets. Almost. <laughs> yes, yes. How did you enjoy? Oh, well, I, I had a fantastic time. I went to PA with my family to enjoy Thanksgiving. How was yours? Really good. I got to hit about three or four different Thanksgivings. Oh, so, awesome. That's what's up. You got all types of pumpkin pie and cranberry sauce and all that good stuff. So now we got to give some good stuff to our listeners. So what do you have for me today? What's the topic? So the topic is the art of going cold turkey. Mm. So most, most go cold. It's as simple as I'm going to just stop doing this. And if you've ever tried to go cold turkey with a lot of things, that doesn't work. <laughs> because normally, if you just try to just stop doing something, you either fill it up with something equally as bad, or you end up reverting back and slowly but surely ending up back in the same habit that you were in. So I came up with a method that works for me. And this method has helped me stop so many things cold turkey. And I, I didn't really realize that it was such a little, you know, superpower for myself until my friends and my other, like my, my wife, they told me, it was like, yo, you are so good at just dropping stuff and never coming back to it. And I realized I never really explained to them my method. And now once I explained it to my wife last week, she was like, oh my goodness, that makes so much sense. I need to adopt that. And I thought it would be great to bring to the show. I think that's a great idea, especially since Thanksgiving just ended. And for anybody who's like me, who just has had a love affair with food since I, I don't know, since I could probably drink milk. So since I've been born, it's a great thing to hear. So you're going to explain a little bit about this method you have? Yes. So there's a couple of religious principles, but you don't have to take it that, you know, that way it could, you can adopt it however you see fit. But for me, um, let's take um, sweets for an example. So there's certain sweets that just call my name real bad. And one of them is this treat called Haagen-Dazs Triple Layers. <laughs> okay. And what happened when I first started messing with this was that it started off as like this, oh, I'll treat myself once in a while type thing. And then it became like, I'm feeling sad. We getting the Haagen-Dazs. I'm feeling good. We getting the Haagen-Dazs, you know? It just turned into just a bad habit. And it was like, you know what? I need to to, to stop this. I need to get myself into a, um, a place where I drop this thing. It's not that the Haagen-Dazs is necessarily bad. It's that it's bad for me. So one of the main things that I do is I equate 
the Hagen dolls to sin. <laughs> and I know you're like, what? what? What's going on? So with sin, it's just something mentally that we perceive as just something bad. So when we see that good ice cream sitting there, we have to trick our minds. I have to trick my mind into to registering that physical item as something very, very bad, like very, very bad in order for me to mentally turn the switch in my mind to say, this is no longer good for me. And when I equate the item with sin, I have fallbacks. So are there, is there anything in your life that you might want to give up or that you wish you could go cold turkey with? Of, of course, um, especially when it comes to eating and maintaining your weight. That's always something that I've struggled with in my life. It's not overindulging in food. True. So, so it's been a struggle for uh, for me for a while. Like I've gotten on a pathway because I've okay. So like I said, I've have been heavy my whole life. Mm-hmm. Well, probably up until probably about maybe fourth or fifth grade. I've been heavy since about fourth or fifth grade. I lost a lot of weight back after I had my second daughter, over a hundred pounds, mm-hmm. and so it I kept it off for a, a while because my daughter's. She's, Six. but slowly but surely like you said I've started to put some of the weight back on because certain stressors have come back that were gone right right um, and I think one of the main things with cold turkey is that everybody has a trigger um, like you said it could be financial stress it could be relationship stress it could be anything that raises your anxiety level to where you're like, I need to cope. And one of the main things that I realized about the ice cream was that I was starting to use it as a coping mechanism. And just like anybody, if you use something in a negative way for long enough, it'll have an effect on you. It'll either have a physical effect, an emotional effect, or psychological, spiritual, mental effect. And for me, it wasn't necessarily a physical effect. It was more so an emotional and psychological effect because my wife, she just had a baby not too long ago and she's dealing with her post uh, pregnancy body, which if you've never been pregnant, you don't really understand from a male or female standpoint, just how much your body is going to change after like a lot of people aren't really necessarily equipped to understand that and it shoots anxiety not only into my wife but it shot anxiety into me as well and I realized that me running to the haagen to feel better was setting a very very bad wife and I had to do something dramatic and me when I when it's time to quit something it's like we're dropping it like we I don't want it to cross the threshold of the door if we done you know so the first thing I do is I equate it to sin so the sin that I chose was adultery so every time I saw a cup 
or a bowl of this beautiful hagen I equated it to if my wife was to step out and cheat on me. It's the same level of sin as that. So when I go, when I approach the ice cream, I'm like, see, right now, she's picking up that phone. She's texting somebody. And I'm like, you know what? Let me put this down. Because this is the, like, the same level of mental anguish that I would have for adultery is the same level of mental anguish I need to have for something that I'm dropping cold turkey. Have I lost you? No, I mean, I, I hear, definitely hear what you're, you're saying, and you have, I would say, amazing willpower because for me, it wouldn't be quite that simple. So explain and I'm saying, to me, like, what goes through your head when a temptation comes? Um, so basically, like, like I said, since we're, let's talk about food, since we're talking about food. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, it's more of that mindless kind of eating. So you don't realize that you've actually overindulged until you've overindulged. So usually when I go to get something, it's probably not even, I'm not even thinking about it. It's just something that I go to subconsciously. So it would be hard for me to think about it like, hey, I'm, you know, cheating on my spouse when I'm not really subconsciously thinking about it. It's just something that because I've done it for so long, it's just ingrained. It's a habit. It's become like a fallback. Like like you're not even consciously thinking about it. It's just it's happening. Right. Yeah. It's happening. Yes. Um, I I think for for me, I used to have a really really bad problem with weed. Mm-hmm. Went like so for 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 ice cream. It's I guess that's a little bit different. But for weed, that was my subconscious. Oh well, I'm gonna just go smoke. You know. Oh, I'm gonna just go do this. Oh, because it was like it became a cure all for literally everything. Oh, you feeling sleepy? Smoke. You feeling like you you want to eat? smoke you want to have fun and watch tv smoke it's like it literally can be something for literally everything so me having to 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 attack weed was more so from a standpoint of every time that i'm going to indulge or i know that i'm about to indulge i have to put like a sin attached to it and that that worked for me because it's more so like what what things are am I, am I damaging in my relationship life that I'm not necessarily paying attention to when I'm high and I realized it could be maybe not paying as much attention to my wife as I should or maybe some business things got by me that wouldn't have if I was uh, not smoking and it's just like it's one of those things where people will go, oh, it's just weed. It's not that big of a deal. It doesn't matter. This, that, and third. But it started to, like, have so many ramifications on my life that I was just like, you know what? I, I'm not about to go to a facility to kick this habit. I'm just going to drop it cold turkey. And I'm not going to lie. Like, it, it's hard when you first make your transition because you have to kind of police yourself. And from what I can tell, 
you, with food, you may have a problem policing yourself just because it's so ingrained. It's like, like you said, it's already happening before it's happening. And like with me, with weed, it was like, I can see myself about to roll up the weed. I can see myself grinding it. And before I even let myself open the package, I make sure that I don't even buy it. I get all of my vices out the house. That's the key. Because if, you know, even, you know, with whether it be with weed or alcohol or whatever it is that you may struggle with, it's not having it around you. For me, anyway. Um, Because when I did lose the weight, I haven't put all of it back on, but when I did lose the weight, that's kind of how it happened. So basically... For me, I'm the type of person, if you tell me I can't do something, you're going to make me do it. And that's basically literally <laughs> what happened. Somebody said, oh, you've tried to lose weight so many times. You're going to stay on this diet for two weeks and you're going to get off of it. I know it for sure. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and then 107 pounds later, I was like, ha, look at look at me now. So that's just kind of what triggered me. But when I have stresses in my life, like I said, that's one of like my fallbacks. It's always been a fallback and it's not something that necessarily impacts anyone else. So that's why I think I, it's not as easy to just kind of turn it off because the only person that it really hurts is me. You know, I mean, my I guess if you can't play with your kids and stuff like that. I mean, I wasn't my 600 pound life, but, I, you know, I right. wasn't quite there yet. But the point was like the only person that it really was hurting really was me because like my husband met me when I was heavy so he didn't really care about my size that didn't bother him and so literally the only person that it impacted was me so it was hard for me to cut that down are you sure that it only impacted you because I feel like what I had to realize about weed was that I thought it was only realized it was only impacting me but kind of like as I peeled back the layers of it I kind of realized that it was impacting people around me even if it hadn't affected them yet you know and I think with weight and with maybe overeating it is affecting maybe your children because they see the habit and then they want to do it or your spouse is like not committed to, to health and eating right because they say, well, oh, my, my spouse doesn't eat right, so I'm, I'm cool, I'm good. And what's happening is we're shortening our lifespans in both ways. Like the weed, the weed, lung cancer, you know, the weed could lead to losing a job or opportunity that affects your family in the long run. But in the moment, that, that, that pleasure is like, no, it's, it's speaking to you. It's like, no, it's, it's only affecting me. It's, it's just me that's dealing with this when really it's a generational curse that could affect way more than just you. Yeah, I mean, on that aspect for my children, yes. You know, because it is something that I learned and it would be something that I taught my children. My spouse has always been a health nut. Like, it, we were polar opposites. We still kind of are. Like, he ran track, you know, he's a big athlete, basketball. He, he was always been slim or you know had a pretty nice build like that's just always been him and so it you know he actually helped I guess in some ways helped me 
because I've saw him. So, you know, sort of like, you know, if I'm going to the gym, if he's going to the gym, then it's like, well, maybe I should go to the gym. So in that case, you're right. It does impact your family as far as what you do. Now, as far as life and longevity, now I'm going to tell you something somebody has always told me. It does not increase the length of your life. Uh-huh. It increases the quality. Right. We don't know how long we're going to live. You could get hit by, Lord forbid, let's not, you know, you could get go outside and get hit by a bus. But mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, treat your body right, you're not going to have the quality of life. And really, that's all we have because we don't know how long we're going to be here. So we want to live the best lives we can. And I can truly say that I felt so much better when I gave it up. You know, wow. you don't the guilt of, you know, because when you eat and overindulge and you realize that you've done it, you feel bad. Same thing, I'm pretty sure, with any type of addiction, and I would say it's a food addiction for me, and you never get rid of addiction. You manage addiction. So it's always something that you fight with forever, because like I said, I come from a family of addiction, whether it was alcohol, drugs, it's, it's been in my family, food, forever. And so it's something that we just have to manage you know, for the rest of our lives to make that conscious effort to not do it. And so I like, you know, the tips that you have or the fact that you created a coping mechanism for yourself that other people can also follow so that they don't have to go through it. Because like I said, when I tell you, like when stressors get, cause I started another business. So when stress gets high, like I said, that's one of the things that I tend to fall back on and it is food so it's always something that i constantly have to kind of like monitor but i yeah yeah, in real life and i I do i haven't gained 107 pounds back you know but i did have another daughter and that's kind of where it started so i have three kids now and i never quite lost and you mentioned this a little bit this is kind of off topic but if you've never had a child you're right you don't understand it until you've actually had a kid so it's always like this 10 pound retention except for my second daughter I was able to be smaller than I actually was before I started but there's always like this 10 pounds you you struggle with it and what I did was instead of kind of managing it and doing what I was supposed to do I lost a lot of the weight that I had gained but about 10 pounds and because I couldn't lose the 10 pounds, I kind of got sad. And I was like, oh, I can't lose the 10 pounds. And it made it worse. So that's something that I should have been mindful of when it was going. You know what? And and, and, and that runs into a, a my, my second tip. Know when to reach out for help. Because when you quit something cold turkey and you're really trying to start a new habit and create a new life, even when you have that picture of sin in your mind, like, I know this is not good. I know I shouldn't be doing this. This is, I'm, I'm equally messing myself up as bad as it would be if, you know, it was, I was to be committing adultery right now, or if I was, uh, you know, just doing something that, that like murdering or stealing or killing, because you are murdering, stealing and killing yourself from you're taking something from yourself like which is a better quality of life you're murdering your better quality of life and in those moments we have to take the time to say you know what who's my accountability partner 
who's who can I call that's going to give it to me straight when these cravings are hitting and I know that I'm about to fall and I think one of the main things that helped me even with the weed was being able to contact my boy Dana who necessarily like his struggle wasn't my struggles or whatever but he was just in my corner and was like you know what don't give up stay strong it's not worth it you're not going to feel any better after you do it because all you're going to do is have to start your process all over again don't you don't you love that you've been clean for x amount of days don't you like the clear-headedness that you have and he was speaking life to me he was speaking um he was he was speaking to my spirit strength in that moment and it enabled me to say you know what i can go another day i can go another day because a lot of times we want to take it a month or two at a time when really we're only equipped for a day at a time you know Mm -hmm. and when we when we when we start putting our goals in months we lose track of the the right now like win the battle of the day and that's all you really should worry about and when you look up it'll be a month it'll be a year because you're you're concentrated on winning the day yeah you know i agree with that i'm you know and i wish i had one of clues bombs i would drop it for big dana but i don't because i you're talking about the same dana i think we might know the same same dana he's an awesome (laughs) an awesome guy but you're right so i agree with that 100 percent. you should always have somebody who can go not necessarily the same struggle but somebody who can go through the trenches with you because they've gone through the trenches and help me say wait a minute hold up don't go you know through it by yourself and so you said you had was it three tips yeah i got one more tip what's the tip so other than uh visualizing your situation as sin other than having an accountability partner i think the next biggest tip to quitting something cold turkey is to fill your time with something productive in a in that same exact space so if i was if i would normally go smoke weed the next thing that i would do now is i would go paint and i would have that same relaxation feel i would be able to because the one thing about weed that i really enjoyed was being able to creatively think out loud you know just it doesn't make sense of course but it feels good just to let your mind relax and just have some space to be free um you know me and you lisa we we run companies we have a lot of you know i have employees that stress me out (laughs) from time to time (laughs) you know insane so exactly i have right i have website issues your website sometimes has problems or a contract that you are trying to get maybe falls through and it puts a little anxiety financial pressures checks not clearing Mm -hmm. when they should so it leaves a lot of open space to just want to escape escapism to an entrepreneur becomes our biggest detriment and i had to learn to put positive things in place of my escapism because now like a lot of the paintings that i've done from the time where i would be smoking weed those paintings are actually becoming a second stream well 
I don't know what stream of income at this point, but it's becoming another stream of income that is allowing me to better the quality of my life. And it's like, if I would have continued feeding my addiction negatively, I wouldn't have created this new stream of income that I'm doing passively in my spare time. And it's just like, how much are we robbing ourselves by leaning on addictions that are crippling and destroying us instead of taking that same exact time to learn a new craft, create a new skill, do something positive with that with that time to get our minds off of the addiction. And once we look up, we see a better quality of life. Our family members are getting the attention that they deserve. And we're living that dream that we always know is possible, but the escapism of the addiction always puts it a day away out of your grasp you know and i just i'm just about winning the day now just win the day and you'll be fine i agree with that that's like i said when i had my biggest successes it was making sure that i was productive and doing things i even started dancing which is something all my whole life people told me you're a horrible dancer but actually it's also started to create a stream of income off of that as well not not put a pole though Zumba. <laughs> so you, I absolutely agree with that and those are some amazing tips and if you're listening to them I highly recommend you try them I'm going to try them myself and you know definitely keep you you know up to date on my journey and how things are going and hopefully you know the next time I talk to you I will be back where I want to be as far as my weight is concerned most definitely so Thank you guys for tuning in. This has been Business Casual with Miles Brown and Lisa Wingfield. And we look forward to hearing from you. Leave us a comment. Send us an email. The descriptions and links will be in the bio. Uh, And we'll catch you guys next week. All right. Peace.